is faithful, isn't he? Thank the Lord for that this morning. And uh, this morning, I'll speak to you about a happy life. Also, do, do pray for uh, Andy Moore's son, Scott. And uh, Andy was just sharing with me just a few moments ago that, uh, what day was that? Did he? Tuesday. Uh, he started having chest pains and sweating real bad and took him to the hospital. And they rushed him. They flew him over to Johnstown, correct? And he had open heart surgery, a torn aorta. Is that what it was? And uh, so things going well right now. He's expecting to come home soon. But, uh, boy, keep him in prayer. And I uh, just heard about that, and I know he'd appreciate us praying for him too. So amen for that. All righty. Well, this morning, Psalm 23, most of us all have known this for a long time. I remember hearing it when I was a little boy. Didn't you when you were a little boy or girl? Yeah, I remember hearing it, and I always thought, I thought, that is not right. When I hear somebody say it, it said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm thinking, why wouldn't anybody want the Lord as their shepherd? But that's a little boy thinking. And finally, when I grew up and got a little bit smarter by 25, I was able to understand a little bit more that it's not that I don't have wants because he supplies all my needs. But the Lord's my shepherd. How blessed we are to have a shepherd like the Lord. And uh, you know, because of that, we can have a happy life. Sometimes people say, oh, you know what, I don't think we ought to be laughing when we get to church, and I don't think we ought to cut up. And, you know, we can have a, it's ha- I'm happy I'm saved. Uh, I mean, even, even you, know, you think, we, we just sang uh, 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 the old rugged cross. And, I mean, that's such a serious song. And, 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 and then the end in, in acapella, I mean, it just, I just love hearing the people singing the song like that. You know what it did? It made me happy. I mean, I didn't jump up and down and shout, but made my soul fill with joy knowing that Jesus died for me on the cross of Calvary. I'm glad to be happy this morning. Amen. Now, I'm not happy if it snowed three feet, but I'm glad and I'm happy that the sun's shining out there and we're able to be in church. But I tell you what, even in three feet of snow, I think I can find a place to be happy because Jesus is my Savior, is my shepherd. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Help us now. As we preach, Holy Spirit, speak to us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't think it really has to be said, but uh, a child of God or a saved person, for them to have happiness, it only comes from the Lord. That's where the happiness is. Uh, For the Christian, you know, uh, to try to find uh, fulfillment and joy and happiness outside of the Lord does not bring happiness. You know, some of the grumpiest Christians, you pretty well can mark it down. There's probably something wrong in their life. Because I believe Jesus brings us joy. But when we're not right with God, then things are not so well. I believe, honestly, if, uh, if someone is looking uh, for a happy life outside of Christ, if they're saved, they will not find that. If you're saved and born again, you know that your name's written down in heaven. You say, man, I would like to have that happiness. Then you can have it because it's found in Jesus Christ. Our problem is we're looking everywhere else for it. Happiness is not found in Walmart. Now, I can have fun going in and finding good deals in the sporting goods. I enjoy that. I like to find something's on sale. And I can have some fun. But you know what? I get up to the cash register and my joy is gone. 
Because I may have that one $5 shirt I found back there, and I've been looking at when it was $24, and then it went down to $14, and then this week it was $7. I was one happy man. But I ended up paying $70 at the, at the cash register because there was a bunch of other stuff we had to get for that same man. Joy is not found in Walmart. Joy is not found in the gun store. Let me think about that for a moment. But you know, joy is not found in that dress store, ladies, in Boscov's, or what's that place where you work over there? Kohl's. Joy is not found there. If you go into Kohl's, you'll see Lydia, and your joy will be gone. Preach it, yeah. His brother says, preach it. That's why he has joy at his house every day she's at work. Amen. Our problem is this. He said, preach, why, why sometimes as Christians we don't have that joy? Why is it we don't have that happiness? It's because we don't understand what the ingredients are for that. You ladies that bake things and cook stuff, takes ingredients. You've got to put the right ingredients in for it to come out. Oh, you, you go, go to the store, you know, and you buy all that stuff, and you get the ingredients. And you know, Could you imagine? You say, you know what? I just don't think I'm going to put I'm going to make some biscuits, but I'm not going to put flour in it. You need the ingredients. Well, I'm going to make this pie here, but I'm not going to put this. In, and you, and you know what? You go to eat it, and you go, man, it don't taste right, because you need all the ingredients. Why in the world, if we can understand that when it comes to baking a pie or making some biscuits, we ought to be able to understand what the Bible says, how we can have joy, the ingredients of the fact that we can have joy in the Lord. That's why sometimes we find people so grumpy and complaining about the Christian life and saying it's so hard. I know life is hard sometimes, but the best life is the Christian life. You say, but preacher, you don't know. You've not walked in my shoes. You haven't walked in my shoes either. I know this. I've been, I don't know how many surgeries my wife's had. I lost count. But you know what? When a wife has surgery, you pray for her. Pray for the husbands because they got to take care of them. My wife said, now, when I have this hip replaced, and, you know, she's had like 14 replaced now, and, uh, but she had her hip, one hip replaced there, and then the second, what what she do? she go down to the wash. She says, now, you're going to have to do the wash. I don't do wash. But I had to because I like clean clothes. And she said, you're going to have to do it. And I said, I don't know where to turn everything. She went down and put a marker, took a black marker, and pushed where I'm supposed to set every dial. And so I would get that box detergent, pour it all in there, and then turn it on, you know, and clean up all the suds afterwards. But, but what happens? She said, tell me where to put that. And uh, I, I, I thought, you know, uh, that, 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 that taking care there, that there's a lot of rough times in life. And when I had my, my surgery here two years ago now, a little over two years ago, <laughs> she took care of me. She owed me. Two hips, one surgery for me, she owes me still. But here's the thing, I joke. But here, here's the thing. There's troubles we go through, but there's still joy. And that doctor called that day. I was sitting in that chair, couldn't hardly get up, all oh, the pain. 
I'm sitting in that chair and the doctor calls. He says, we got the results back from all the, the, the tests done on everything they took out of me. He says, I believe we got it all. I said, it feels like you took everything out of me, Doc. He says, we, don't, we, we believe we got all the cancer. The lymph nodes came back clean. Looks good. You know what I found? Joy. I still had pain. I still couldn't hardly get out of the chair. But I found joy. You know why? Jesus brings us joy. You got to know what the ingredients are for us to have that joy. You know, sometimes people get all upset and complain about the Christian life because it's so difficult. It's kind of like that teenager that doesn't listen to mom and dad. You know, teenagers don't listen to mom and dad. It's not going to have joy. They're usually the grumpy ones. It's time to eat. They come to the table and sit there. No joy. You go, how was your day? Fine. You say, what in the world's going on? They need a smack in the head is what they need. What happens? What's wrong? They're not right with their parents. We find a teenager's right with mom and dad. There's joy. There's joy when we're right with God. When we start complaining, say this Christian life is so hard. Life itself is difficult. Life is hard sometimes, but the best life is the Christian life. I've heard people say, it's kind of like the teenagers. I remember one day when I was a kid, I was preteen, and I was so mad, I thought, I wish I could just do whatever I want to. And I went, and I was so mad at my mom and dad, they wouldn't let me go somewhere to do something. And I went, and I sat behind the garage, and I, I still remember this day. I'd have just run away. And I actually would have to run because there was no car to drive. So I'd have run away. Then I could do whatever I want to do. And then it was supper time. I decided to go back inside. Mom was in there cooking supper. I walked back in. You know what I found out? It wasn't so bad after all. I thought, I can do anything I want to. When we got married, guess what? I can do whatever I wanted to. But I had to pay the rent now. My dad paid mortgage before. Now I got to pay rent. My mom and dad paid for the groceries. Now I had to pay for the groceries, not just for me, but for her too. And I had to pay the rent, pay the electric bill, all these different things. And then all of a sudden, she wants a new dress. Guess who has to pay for that? Me. I'm thinking her mom and dad did it. Let them keep paying for it. But that wouldn't happen. Do you know what? I found out that it's a lot better than what you think when we're right with the Lord and we're following Him. God has made it really so good for us. I've heard people say, well, you know what? I had it better when I was lost. Let me say this right off the bat. No, you didn't. You say, but I had more friends. Then how come they're not your friend now? They weren't real friends. You didn't have it better when you were lost. You were one breath away from hell. It's better to be saved than to be lost. The Bible says, well, you say, but I had some fun. I had no doubt about it. The Bible says, Hebrews eleven twenty five, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. There are the pleasures of sin for a season. You know, I, I, I've known people before they drink, and you know, they go, man, I'll tell you what, I just love to drink. You know what? Talk to them the next morning. They have the joy of the season, and then season is over. 
The joy of, well, I'm going to do whatever a young person says. I'm going to live the way I want to. I'll, I'll, I'll just go out and hang out with anybody I want to. And all of a sudden, they got all kinds of problems there because they weren't putting the right ingredients in their life. The sin brings pleasure, but only for a season, and then the season is over. So we've got to understand some things. And one of them is this, what the ingredients are not for a joyful life. The world will tell us this. The world will say, well, you know what? The ingredient for joy, joyful life is prosperity, but that's the wrong ingredient. It's the wrong ingredient. Now, we like to prosper. In fact, God wants us to prosper the right way. But prosperity is the wrong ingredient. But I have to say this. You know what? Thank the Lord for prosperity. Thank the Lord for money. Amen. Uh, you know, I mean, that's what we, we needed to live, don't we? You pay money to your rent or your mortgage. You pay money for your groceries, for your clothing. We pay money there. And I think, you know how good God is that he meets the needs. You know, God, for 40 years in this church, he has been so good to us monetarily. God's blessed us in a mighty way. And I think, look, but you know, we're not prosperous because of the money. Money is a good thing. Money is a wonderful thing. You say, wait, wait a minute. The Bible says it's evil. Well, you're, you're telling me something that you don't read carefully your Bible. You say, well, the Bible, doesn't it say? Doesn't it say in 1 Timothy 6.10? It does say something about money. But listen to what it says. It says this. It says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Notice they've erred, they pierced themselves. Doesn't sound like happiness. What's it from? The love of money. You know, I see all over the place now, play these games of skill. It's a new way to say gamble. And people gamble. I, 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 you, you go to the stores, you go to Walmart, anybody else, they got these little things. You see these people coming in, and I, I don't know, maybe it's their style, or they look like they hardly have anything to wear, and they go up there, and they're putting the money in there, and, and that machine trying to win money. Do you know why? They have a love of money. Because they think that the money will bring them happiness. If you check it out, a lot of people have won the lottery, and I don't believe in gambling, I believe it's sin. People who played the lottery, won the lottery, many of them have ended up in divorce. Why? Because it does not, the money does not bring us happiness. Thank the Lord for money that we can pay our bills. Thank the Lord for the money that God gives to us. But money itself is not evil. It's the love of money. So that can be a person that's rich, and it can be a person who is poor. You see, the fact is money has no morality. Money in itself cannot do right or wrong. The love of money is the problem. But money itself, it's like saying a hammer. You know, a hammer can build something, couldn't it? This building here, thank the Lord for hammers. Because they, they built this beautiful building we have today here. They used hammers. But a hammer can also be used to bust out windows. Like a lot of the young people today in the universities are busting out windows because they're mad. It could be used to kill somebody. People have used it as a murder weapon. So the, there's, not, there's nothing sinful about a, a hammer. So we, we could go on. I won't go in. You know what I believe about the Second Amendment? I'm very much for it. But what happens? We say the same thing about guns. A gun has no morality. About that. What happens? It doesn't have the ability to do right or wrong. Thank the Lord for the gun to protect ourselves. 
but also people kill people, other, other people with it and, call, and have robberies and do stuff bad with it. It's not that. That's not the problem. And so get back to what I'm talking about. Just got to throw the Second Amendment in there. But here's, here's the thing. That, that, that the, 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 the hammer and the money, if you will, the money is not the evil. It's that love of money. But we think this, well, if I can just have money, if I can just have, ha- have this, this prosperity, then I'll be happy. If I could just have this new house, if I can just have this new boat, if I can have this new car, I'll be happy. I'll be honest with you, when I got my truck, my truck was used. When I got my truck, I'll be honest with you, I drove off there, I was all excited. Red pickup truck. I thought, it's got to be sinful for a preacher to have a red pickup truck. Until I realized this. I'm talking, when if anyone says, you know, that's pretty flashy, I'm going to say, it's, it reminds me of the blood of Jesus. You can't say anything bad about it now, can you? <laughs> Honestly, I'm driving at my wife. said, you want me to follow you home? I said, yeah, follow me home. I'm driving my red truck. I'm driving down the road. I want to go past every business that had glass windows so I could see the reflection of me in my red truck. Oh, man, I remember driving home and I'm buying new, new mats for her and, 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 a, and a license plate thing and, and all this different stuff. I, oh, man, I'm so excited about that new truck. I was so happy about it. I couldn't wait till the next morning. In the morning I got up, I had no problem getting up. I was so excited because I'm going to be able to drive my new truck, my new used truck to work, to church. And we'll be able to drive through town with that flashy red truck where people are going to go, oh, who got a new truck? I knew people were going to say, oh, it must be nice. And you know what I would say? It is. is. (laughs) But you know what? I'm not so excited anymore. Mrs. Dubs borrowed Daniel's truck and parked it in my driveway one day. And I backed out of my garage and hit Daniel's truck. And on my back bumper, my bumper's smiling out of one side. Push that little bumper up there like that. Daniel, you got, you got a new bumper on your truck, didn't you? Mine's still broke. I look and I see scratches on it. And I was really happy, but I'm not, as ha- I'm not happy about that. Because you know what? The things of life bring happiness for a little while. And then there we are. I'm sitting in my truck. It was as dirty as can be. We live up a dirt lane. I'm sitting in my truck, and this guy pulls up with this black pickup truck where I look at the side of my truck, and I could comb my hair. It was so shiny. I thought, wow. And I knew that guy in there was thinking, it's good. But that truck's going to get old, too. You know, this old life is not what brings us real joy. August 11th, 1971, I got joy that nobody can take away. My salvation never got old. It is as good as it ever was. Prosperity is the wrong ingredient. Property is the wrong ingredient. It's nice to have things. We talked about that already here. We've all been blessed with more than we need. If you have an addict, is there stuff in it? Not an attic like they're dumping pills. I'm talking attic in your house. If you have an attic, there's probably stuff up in it. If you got a basement, probably some stuff in it. And you got all the storage sheds, probably some stuff in it. You got garages. You know, every man in this room, you don't get rid of anything because someday you might need it. Amen. Come on, fellas, help me out now. I'm at that point now i got to get rid of some of this stuff because I am now. I'm at the point now that I'm old enough, I will never need it. 
Just come on over to my garage. I'll give you something. I've got a bunch of bent nails. Well, just come and see me. <laughs> but property doesn't bring us. That's not, what, that's not where the happiness is found. Sometimes we think, well, if I just have a new house, I'll be happy. And what we get a new house, and we're, we're still just grumpy. Because that's not the ingredient. The ingredient is not position. And I said, man, if I just had a better job. Do you know what? The CEO of a company said, man, if I could be the boss. But you know what the boss does? The boss goes home with the business. He's got to keep that business going. The guy that works there and, and does things in the shop there, he can leave that stuff at home and go there. And he doesn't care what happens. The place burns down. It doesn't matter. The CEO, though, that's all him. But you know what? Both of them are not happy because those things don't bring us happiness. It's the wrong ingredient. So it's, 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 not, it's not the money, it's not property, it's, it's not position, but happiness can be found. Say, preacher, how? Here's the right ingredients. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. For us to have happiness, he's got to be your shepherd. Amen. He's got to be your shepherd. The first thing here, the ingredient there of real happiness is salvation. How good is it to know you're saved? Come on, tell your face that right now. How good it is to be saved. Go back in your mind right now and think about that. We won't have you say it out loud, but could you? Could you give up and give a testimony of the day that you got saved? She preached it was a long time ago, but think about it. He's kept you saved all these years. Thank the Lord for salvation. When I think about the problems and the troubles, and I thought about when the doctor called and said, you've got cancer. I mean, it, it devastated me, but then I thought that something brought me joy was the fact that I know that I'm his child. If something happens, I know that I go to heaven. Thank the Lord for salvation. I'll bring you joy. I think how wonderful it is. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. We, the girls were at the house yesterday. And Ileana, my wife, has a frame that that's, that's, uh, pictures are on it, usually in there. But it's, it's one of these, uh, I don't know what you call it, but it's, it's like a little computer frame, digital, digital frame. And the kids, can they can take a picture and send the picture to that frame. And we can see stuff go on, go, you know, see these pictures there. And, and it's pretty neat so far. I don't trust my kids. But uh, I, I, we get these pictures all of a sudden, oh, look, you know, Lisa sent a new picture. And uh, what, what is that? Is that? Is that Titus? No, that's one of the dogs. Oh, that's right. And, and we see the picture there, and, 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 it, and it's so wonderful to see all, all, all the, all the different, different pictures there. But uh, you, you, know, you know what's, uh, what's, what's, so, what's so neat about that was, was the story I was telling. That Ileana, she's standing there, she's looking at it, and all of a sudden she goes, that's my daddy. She saw her daddy's picture. And she'd be sitting there, and she'd look, and she'd say about different ones. But there was always something when she'd call. There's my daddy. He's my heavenly daddy. He's my father. He's my shepherd. I look at that little girl and I'm thinking, oh, she's having such a good time. I'm thinking, hey, hey, little girl, here's Pappy. She's excited about daddy. That's my daddy. I'm so thankful he's my shepherd. 
Oh, I'm thankful for all of you, but aren't you glad? We're all thankful for each other, but aren't you glad that he's your shepherd today? Well, that brings you joy. That brings you happiness. And no matter what happens in my life, he's still my shepherd. Even when I'm not obeying, he's still my shepherd. But also, happiness is found in contentment. I read verses 1 and 2. Again, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Contentment. But he said, I shall not want. In other words, every time I start thinking about something I want, God says, I supply it. I mean, you never run out of things to thank God for, do you? He supplies our every need. He says, well, I didn't get this. I asked for, you know, this 45-foot boat. Well, you may not need that. God supplies all our needs, doesn't he? He's so good to us. We have so much to be, to be thankful for. But you know what? After all the Lord's given to us, we'll not be happy unless we're content. You know, let's be honest. Sometimes we have so much and we're still not content. We always need how much more? More. We always need more. You know, but we can, have, we can be happy without having more. Because God, but here's the thing, God blesses us over and over. Listen to these verses, Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. You know, think about it, daily he loads us with benefits. Every day. See, preach, I'm having a bad day. You may have a bad day, but understand this, you're really having a good day too. Yeah, you say, preach, but I'm sick. But you have the Lord who's the great physician. Oh, but preacher, I'm so sad at what's going on in this world. But hey, we're going to another place, that place called heaven someday. Psalm 103, verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. How about Psalm 116, 12? What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Go with me to 1 Timothy. Keep your place there in Psalm. But let's go real quick there at 1 Timothy. In chapter number 6, First Timothy chapter number 6, it says in verse number 6, <clears throat> it says, but godliness with contentment is, notice this, great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, amen, and is certain we can carry nothing out. How about verse 8? Having food and raiment, let us be therewith what? Content. <laughs> Got food and raiment? We can be content. And yet we have so much more than that. Our problem is this. We always, we're always thinking we have to have more, more, more. And it's not wrong to get more things, but the contentment is the key to it. It's not the possessions. It's being content with what God has given to us. He said, he leads us beside still waters. Makes me think of Philippians 4, 11. says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Content. There's some blessed souls over in the rest home right now who you and I would not want to trade places with them. But I've seen them before like this. I'm content. They're still happy. 
I still have joy. And I look at it and say, how in the world can you have joy and happiness in a rest home? Because they're content with their shepherd. They're content that the Lord's taking care of them. Oh, I thank the Lord for the contentment. We need to be content in our circumstances. You know, life is hard. Sometimes life is unfair. Newsflash, that's life. That's life. Like it or not, we'll have troubled times as well as good times. We'll have times of poverty and times of prosperity. Every time when we have a wedding, what do we do? In sickness or health? In, in, in um, uh, what's the one before wealth? Uh, rich or poor? Man, I better, I better get this down pat here. Two weddings here, May, May, April, and May. I've got to get it down pat. I still think they ought to do the Indian one, amen? Uh, want them ug, want them ug, got them. That's good. <laughs> but you know, sometimes there's poverty and sometimes there's prosperity. But you know what I find? I can be content in either one. I'll be honest with you. When we first started the church, we didn't have much of anything. We were living in a borrowed house, had a car, Guy was trying to be nice. It was all busted up and everything. And the guy was trying to be nice, and we went for training for ACE, and we came back, and he had painted it. It looked like he used a roller. He was so precious. I painted your car for you. I wanted to punch him. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you. It painted right over that rust. You can't see that rust anymore. You know, you can see it. you got bubbles all under it, but it was all painted it was terrible. We didn't have much. Even before that, when we were assistant pastor, we'd sit on a little porch and think, man, we had nothing. We didn't have much to eat. And I said, Lord, please let a deer die in front of one of my bullets. We got, the Lord sent a deer by and, you know, had him stop. And the deer's like going, come on, hurry up. <laughs> but I believe even when we didn't have much, we found contentment. We never did say, well, let's go back to Indiana. Because there's contentment when the Lord is my shepherd. He brings that contentment. You'll be hated as well as loved in this life. I mean, that's life. So we just wish everybody loved me. Have you looked at yourself before in the mirror? Have you examined yourself? I mean, everybody's going to love you. Some folks are going to hate you. But you know what? God, Jesus loves me. This I know. Sometimes we'll be sick, and sometimes we'll be healthy. Sometimes we'll weep, and sometimes we'll laugh. But that's life. That's life. I wish I could say that as you go out of here, it will all be sunshine and roses for you. Everything will be perfect all the time. It doesn't happen. That's, that's, that's not what life is. But no matter what comes... We can be in contentment because the Lord is my shepherd. I'm so glad he's my shepherd today. We need to understand everything's in God's hands. I'm glad not everything is in the president's hands. You don't know the left from the right, I don't believe. It's not in Congress' hands. Even Congress is, well, we know more than the president. I really don't think so. I don't think any of you know anything. The Lord's my shepherd. And I have confidence in him. 
Happiness is found in contentment. Let me give you something else, number three. Happiness is found in restoration. Verse three. He restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 1 Peter 2.25 says, For we, for ye, were as sheep going astray, but now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. The restoration. Now don't get me wrong, it's not joy and happiness to stray away from the Lord. But it's joy and happiness when you get right with the Lord. The restoration where everything is made right. Everything's made right. Thank the Lord for the act of restoration that the Lord gives to us. And as a boy, I, I lived in the day and age when parents believed in disciplining their children. And then old Dr. Spock came along, the one who wrote the baby book, and he didn't think that was right, and we've seen then what he has turned out. But when I was a boy and I'd get in trouble, do something wrong, I found out that my doing wrong didn't bring me joy and happiness. Now I'll say this. I found some happiness sometimes doing wrong. You all can attest to this. Did your brother ever need a punch in the nose? Well, you all look at me like I'm a terrible person. But my brother, my brother had a smart mouth. I said, one more time. Well, I punched him one time. Okay, many times. I punched him. I'll be honest with you. I was glad I did because he deserved it. Quit looking at me like that. I thought, I thought you know what I said? I said, you'll never do that again, will you? You'll never call me that again. I punched him. Felt really good about it until he did this. I'm telling mom. And he did. And my mom said, Mark, and you know you're in trouble when they use your middle name. She goes, Mark Edward, come up here. I said, what, Mom? I'm telling you what, my joy was leaving real quick. <laughs> Mom would always say this, you go in that bedroom and you get your dad's belt and bring it out here. And I'm thinking, that belt ain't going to fit me and it's not going to fit my mom, but I think it's going to fit her hand. And I bring that belt out there, and I will not go into anything else. I get spanking. And it stung. And I cried. And she'd say after she spanked me, she goes, now you go to your room, and you think about what you did. I'd go to my room, and I'd shut the door, and I would stand and think. <laughs> you didn't want to sit down after that one. I'd stand there and oh man, why'd I have to punch him? It was so much fun to punch Tim and you know what he deserved it and everything, but now I just I just hurt where I don't want to hurt. I start feeling bad because all of a sudden I'd hear her crying. I go to the door and I crack the door open and there's my mom sitting on the couch. And she's crying. I'm thinking, she was on the good end of that that, that swat there. 
what is she crying about? And I'd listen. She, oh, Lord, please don't let my boy grow up and be a hoodlum. Don't let him. I don't want him to grow up and go to jail someday. And oh, Lord, please don't. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Mom thinks I'm going to go out and rob a bank or kill somebody. Well, I stand there and she's crying. And I tell you what, I did not want my mom to cry. And I go, Mom, what? I'm sorry. She go, come here. We would just slobber over each other. Cry, oh, Bob, I promise you, I probably won't ever hit him again. <laughs> she goes, you'll never hit him. Okay, maybe not. And, uh, you know, oh, and we, she said, son, I just, I don't want you, I want you to obey me. I don't want you to be like that. You need to be nice. And, well, she'd give me a little sermon, you know. And, and I'd say, Mom, I love you. She goes, son, you know I love you. I go, I know you do, Mom. And she'd hug me. I started feeling better. I said, I'm sorry. She says, I forgive you. I won't feel good. And then she said, would you like some cookies? My mom is the reason I have diabetes. <laughs> but I still love her. She said, I think we got some cookies in there. She always had her stash. We'd go in that kitchen and she'd get some cookies out and pour a glass of milk and we'd eat cookies and milk and we'd sit there and we would laugh and we would talk. Do you know what? Restoration makes you happy. Oh, I had some tears because of my sin, but being restored unto my mom brought me joy and happiness. Oh, thank the Lord. But you know what? You know what made it so much joy? Here it is. Mom forgave me. Yeah, I was sorry. But while I was in that room, I'm really sorry. You know, I really, I'm not going to do it. That didn't really bring me any happiness. You know what brought me happiness? When my mom said, I forgive you. You could be sorry about your sin all you want to. But you'll never have joy until you get the forgiveness of God. Amen. Knowing that my sins, they're gone, gone, gone. Yes, my sins are gone. They're buried in the deepest sea. Thank the Lord that he forgives us. Restoration brings happiness. You know, sometimes we'll pray, Lord, you know, I still remember that sin I did back yonder a long time ago. And the Lord says, what sin are you talking about? He said, I buried it in the deepest sea. It's as, as far as the east is from the west. It's behind my back. I, that sin's under the blood. It's forgiven. Oh, the joy that floods our soul knowing that our sin has been forgiven. You know, you can be sorry all you want to, but until you have that forgiveness of God, you'll understand the happiness of being restored. And then the last thing, number four. Happiness is found in righteousness. Verse 3 again, he restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Happiness is found in righteousness. You know, you think about it, the paths of righteousness that he's leading us in is for our sakes too. The Lord says, I have a path for you to take because I know this is the best path. We just would understand that. Young folks understand. God has a plan for your life. 
Find the path that God has. Stay on that path. You say, how long? Till Jesus comes or you die. You get on that path, you stay on that path. That path of righteousness. That's what he's talking about there. He says, he, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness. When we follow the Lord, we'll follow that path that he has. And I'll tell you right now, you'll have more joy when you're on that path than you will trying to make your own path somewhere. This morning, I'm still doing what God set me on that path when I was a 17-year-old boy. He called me to preach. God called me to preach. I knew that God had a plan for my life, and I surrendered to it. And I believe, and again, you know, I'm not going to belabor it, but you know that I'm not planning on retiring unless something goes in my mind or my mouth or my voice. But I don't plan on retiring. I plan on staying on that path. You know what? He said, but, 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 but you, can have, you can go do this, and you can travel. I don't care about traveling. The joy is on the path that God's put me on. You know, the wonderful thing about it is I, I, I get paid for being happy. Doing what God wants. It's a great thing to serve the Lord. And happiness is there. 1 Timothy 2, 1 says, and 2 says, I exhort therefore that, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority, listen to this now, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. There's no life like the life of a Christian. When you're sold out to the Lord, you're living for him, brings you joy. You say, but preacher, you know, the world won't really love you so much. That's all right. The world might not love you so much, but he'll love you forever. <laughs> I've turned the news on sometimes. I'm like, bad news. My wife sometimes says, did you want to watch the news? You know what I say? Nope. Because it's all bad news. I get mad. Don't you? You should. Well, I get mad at it. But you know what I think about this? To be able to be on that path. That God has a path of righteousness because he's my shepherd. He supplies my every need. And he leads me and even restores my soul. I'm thankful that he's able to restore us. I'm thankful for the paths of righteousness. But not only is the path for our sake, did you notice what it said in verse 3? In the paths of righteousness for his namesake. It's not only for my good, but it's for his sake that we glorify him. The Lord knows what's best. We ought to follow him. Amen. That's how you can be happy. That's how we can have the happy life. Or you can be grumpy. You can say, well, you know what? I'm, I'm a Christian, but I'm just, I don't know why I'm so upset, uh, why I'm never so happy. You're probably not following that path. You're probably trying to, you know, people say, well, you're just not happy. I don't go to church. You get in church, you'll be happy. Get right with the Lord, you'll be happy. I'm not saying everything's going to go right. You say, but preacher, what if I get sick? Well, be happy you've got the great physician. But preacher, what if I die? Be happy you've got a heaven. Hey, preacher, what if all of a sudden everybody forsakes me? He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'll bring some happiness. 
We just think thinking this, that all the friends make us happy, all the toys make us happy, all the money makes us happy, and it doesn't happen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And there's enough of the Lord to go around to everybody. <laughs> think about it. I don't have, I don't have just, I, you know, I don't have a, this big portion of them. All of us can have all of them. He's that great of a God. He knows about you so well that the hairs of our head are, head are numbered. Isn't it amazing? I look up there. I try to now, but I can't see it. But I look in the mirror, and I look at my hair, and I'm thinking, Lord, do you know how many's up there? I can almost hear the Lord saying, yeah, not as many as used to be. But I believe with all my heart he knows how many's up there. Amen. <laughs> you know why? He loves me. He's my God. He's my Savior. And he said, I'm preparing a place for you. Let me ask you this morning, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? That's the first ingredient to a happy life. Do you know? Well, I hope so. I'm doing the best I can. Uh, news for you. It's not good enough. It's what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. It'd be a good time this morning to call upon Jesus and ask him to save you so you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Never Christian realized that the joy is not found, the happy is not found trying, I'm saved, I want to go to heaven, but I'm going to have what the world has bring me joy. It's not going to work. He has everything you need to have that joy. <laughs> Some of the saddest times we go through, we can still find happiness. I preached my mom and dad's funeral six months apart from each other. I'll be honest with you, I cried. It was hard. And uh, the hardest, my mom died first, and then, then my dad died. And uh, I really had a hard time with it, in a sense, because I think when my dad died, it was like, they're both gone. Even though my dad didn't know who I was, his Alzheimer's had taken over, and he didn't know who I was or anything. But I remember standing there, and my son came up to me and gave me a hug before I went to preach. and said, Dad, I'm praying for you. I remember this. I had a joy. Not that I'm preaching my dad's funeral, but my dad knew Jesus as his Savior. And I knew as I walked past that casket to go up to the pulpit to preach, I knew that my dad's not there. That's just a shell. That's just the house he lived in. And he was with the Lord. And now him and mom are together in heaven. My dad had Alzheimer's, never knew that my mom died. Now, oftentimes think, when my dad got to heaven, I'm thinking the first thing out of his mouth was this, Joanne, when did you get here? <laughs> it was either that or, Joanne, I'm surprised you're here. But you know what? I joy this morning. I miss him so bad. I want to call him every so often. I think about, boy, I'd love to call my mom and dad. But I've got a joy because there's a place called heaven. And the reason is because the Lord's my shepherd. Is he yours today? He said, it's a sweet story, a really nice story about him. No, is he your shepherd? It's more than a story. It's a fact. And you'll find happiness. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for this time this morning. Lord, you know everyone that's in this room. You know our hearts. Nothing's hidden from you. 
Lord, I pray that each one in this room does know you as their Savior. If there's somebody here this morning who doesn't know that, I pray that right before we leave here, they might call upon you and be saved. Father, I pray for Christians today to understand what the ingredients for joy and that happiness is, and it's not what the world thinks. While we have everything it takes to have real happiness, we found it here in these first few verses. Tonight, we'll find out some more things in the last part of this chapter, of this book, of this chapter here. We'll find out about even death, that we can have a peaceful death even. But Father, thank for the life that we have and the happiness we can have in this life. This world's a mess, but our God is still in control. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I wonder this morning, there's anyone in this room say, Preacher, he talked about the first thing is salvation, but I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. I hope so. I'm doing the best I can, but I'm not sure of that. But preacher, this morning, I would like to make sure of it. Would you slip your hand up, anyone? I want to pray for you. I won't embarrass you or anything, but say, preacher, I don't know that I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me, preacher. Anyone this morning? Christian, this morning, you said, well, you know what? I've accepted Christ my Savior. I know I'm going to heaven. I could tell you the time. I could tell you the day may not remember the exact date, but you could say, I know where I was at. I know what I did. I asked Jesus to save me. Thank the Lord. Let me ask you this, though. Is your life have that joy? Or you just got your eyes on all the problems of the world and forget about what brings us that joy in the Lord? We've learned something very important that can change our lives this morning if we'll let God allow God to do it. In a moment, we'll have an invitation. God spoke to your heart. The altar will be open. You do what God says. You just want to thank the Lord for your salvation. But I say this. If you're here and you're not saved, by all means, you come get my attention. We'll have someone talk to you about how you can know 100% sure you're saved. Father, bless now this invitation time. May we take it seriously. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.